Psalm 27.4 One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to Psalm 27, 2, 3, and 10 set the stage for us. And what they do is they paint a lyrical picture of great tribulation, of trial. David is surrounded by dangers. And then here in verse 4, he brings us into the calm of the storm. And this is the key central verse of the whole psalm. And notice how the one thing he prays for is not for a change of his circumstances. It's not to be reconciled with his broken relationships. It's not that the Lord would destroy his enemies or even heal his body. The one thing that he prays for is that he will be able to get into God's house and to gaze at his beauty. That is the one thing. If he can have that, then nothing else matters. If he can have that, it doesn't matter what his circumstances are. So verses 2 and 3 teach us that life is a battle, 
And then in verse 3, 8, and 10, we see that the battleground is the heart. In verse 3, you see that there will be no fear in his heart. And then in verse 14, his heart will take courage and be strong. See here, it's so interesting because David recognized that the battleground for fear, the battle of fear, is not in the arena of what he knows. The real battle is to make his heart believe what he knows. And the way to capture the heart in verse 4 is through beauty. That's so interesting. The pathway into the heart is through beauty. And in times of stress and fear, you need beauty. So in times like these, the things we need is to find ways to see and behold beauty. Francis Spafford, in his wonderful little book called Unapologetic, um, it's the story of his conversion, and he talks about how it was during one of the darkest days of his life, and he was a pretty hardened, confirmed secularist, and then he said that he heard this certain piece from Mozart, and the beauty of it just pierced him, and it, it forced him to face the reality that there must be a God if there's this kind of beauty in the world. And what this verse gives us is such a beautiful picture of what the gospel brings and what the church is, what our calling and challenge is. The calling and challenge is to bring beauty into the middle of chaos. This is literally what you see here in this psalm. Literally, verses 2 and 3, verses 10 are verses of chaos and then in the in the middle there is beauty and i think if we th- and if we think about it we've all experienced the transformative power of being swept up in beauty it awakens in us a desire to to struggle to sacrifice to sorrow so we can have and see something it draws out of us the better angels of our humanity where we want to be something better or to do something greater with our life. We begin to participate in the world a different way. love the quote by John Piper who says, No one goes to the Grand Canyon to increase their self-esteem. He says, There is greater healing for the soul in beholding splendor than in beholding self. And we know this. We all know this with our head, but the the problem is making our heart believe it in times of trouble. We know this with our head, but we need the Spirit's help to make our heart believe it. We know Jesus is better. So in days like this, one of the greatest things you need is your heart captivated with beauty. But the reality is that all flowers fade. All Worldly beauty fades. And so the question is, is there any beauty that we can see and seek that can't be lost? Notice where David points us. Where does he want to behold beauty? It's in the sanctuary. It's at the altar of sacrifice. See, David only had a shadow, but he knew the place he had to go was the altar, the sacrifice. And this Lent season, as we approach Holy Week, let's also go to the same place. Let's seek the beauty of the Lord in the cross of Christ. The cross of Christ is the greatest demonstration of the greatest beauty the world has ever seen or known. 
So if you will see beauty, look to Jesus. And Isaiah says about him that he had no beauty that would draw us it to him that is fit as physical beauty. But his life was so beautiful, it drew people in. It drew in the young, it drew in the weak, it drew in the marginalized. But if you want to see the transforming power of beauty, look no further than the cross. Here, Jesus takes something that is so gruesome, so ghastly, this horrendous instrument of execution, and he has turned it into the very emblem of our hope, the very emblem of our peace, the very emblem of our salvation. And if he can turn that wretched symbol into a symbol of hope, peace, joy, and life, then he can turn anything no matter how twisted or deformed or destructive, into something beautiful. That's power. That's grace. That's glory. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures, here below, praise him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost.